What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident Podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Next Level Confident Podcast. My name is Janelle Lene, and today I have with me a good friend and an awesome, awesome human being, Chase Tucker. He is a health and fitness coach and lives in New York City. Chase, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Janelle, for having me. It's a blessing. It's an honor. It's a privilege to be here with you. And thank you so much for inviting me here to, uh, to indulge in some conversation with you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so we just hopped on. We scheduled this yesterday because we're like, this is a conversation that needs to be had in the world right now. And Mm -hmm. we wanted to take action to be able to let people know the actions they can be taking and the mindset to have during this time. So, you know, for starters, I'm obviously a white female. And so I really, really, really don't know what it feels like to be judged for my skin color for even a moment. Um, So I don't think I'm alone in feeling this with a lot of other, you know, white people during this time. I want to help, but I don't feel like I know exactly how. Chase, what do you think would be the most powerful thing I can do right now? So I think the most powerful thing that you can do right now is number one, acknowledge that there is acknowledge that there's a problem right because it's hard to educate yourself or even have the desire to educate yourself or 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 see it as something as worth you know you know racism as something worth acknowledging or educating yourself on if you don't acknowledge first that there's a problem So I think first acknowledging and becoming more increasingly aware that there is a problem um, is the first step. And that is just by looking at what's what's happening in recent news, um, having conversations with your, you know, with your people in your circle, um, getting their opinion on, on things and really just start having the conversation not making race taboo because for a long time and it's part of what got us here is that people who are well-intentioned and people who are meaning well and who people who are nice people and good people just feel uncomfortable and feel it's taboo to talk about race when they and they feel that they're supposed to be colorblind when in reality god created colors for a reason he created Mm -hmm. our our different tones to be celebrated um not to be just looked over. That's like saying like, I see all flowers the same, you know, as mm. one color. Uh, imagine if like you looked at all flowers and they were just one color. I mean, it, it loses its, its beauty. Like you're supposed to appreciate the color of each one um, and the differences. So um, yes, n- no longer making race taboo um, is a big start and just start having a conversation about about race itself, you know? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I think like something I've experienced or noticed before is like I there was a a black girl on my volleyball team and I remember 
I said black girl, but someone got mad at me because I was supposed to say African-American or something like that. And I wonder if like, it's sometimes like white people on white people judging someone for trying, maybe they're trying to acknowledge like, oh, something like something black, but they're like, oh, you can't say black. Right. Right. And and so like, how do you feel like people should navigate that? I mean, how can you be respectful, but not, I guess, offend someone? So I think that the it, that just takes discernment in those moments. If you're being told by somebody who's your close friend that the word black person offends them, which in my opinion it shouldn't, but let's put that aside for a second um, because we say white people, but why can't we say black people? Um, but let's say, for example, somebody is a the black person is offended by that. Um, if you, if that's somebody that's like your friend and you talk to them a lot and you care about them, that triggers them. Every time you talk to them, feel free to call them African-American, you know, or just like, don't even, you know, just don't use that triggering thing for them. Uh, but then actually you can maybe, if you'd like to even ask, like, why is that something that's triggering for you? Like why, you know, if, if that's something, the conversation that you, you want to have, which I suggest asking that too, because you might learn something. Um, about them personally more so than you know because they don't necessarily represent the entire race if it's a if it's a white person or anybody else that's saying that um i would reply if you reply at all i would say with all due respect you don't necessarily speak for that group and i have a lot of friends who don't mind that and Mm actually refer to each other as that and they don't mind it when I refer to them as that either so um so I think that letting person know in that situation like a it's not necessarily you mean well but it's not necessarily your place to speak on behalf of an entire group and then b the people that I do know who don't necessarily speak for an entire group but like they are representative of of that group a little bit um they're they're fine with it and they're okay and that's where I'm coming from. I'm coming from people, knowing people actively in my life who are okay with this. So, mm, that's yeah. good. So, and just one other, like, I'm just very curious, obviously, how, as a white person, should we be acknowledging? Like you're saying, I think right. my natural thought as a white person is like, well, we're all made equal. So I, like, right. I almost feel like I shouldn't over-acknowledge because then right. it's making it awkward or something so what should right. we be acknowledging or so that's a very, conversation that's a very good question there's a big difference between equality and different right because we can be equal and different a man and a woman in a relationship have different roles but they're equal they're e- they're equal on a human level but they're different like by by, by nature the relationship requires that you be different if you were literally in a relationship with somebody that was like exactly yourself, like, you know, exactly like yourself. And I don't mean like the same gender. I don't mean like the same like hair color. I don't mean the same, I like look the same and act the same. I mean, like if you were literally in a relationship with yourself, like it would be, it'd be kind of weird. Right. So by nature, it re- a relationship requires that somebody is strong in ways that you are not. Somebody is, you know, has different traits and characteristics and curiosities than you have like by nature there has to be something that's different but it doesn't mean you're any less equal same thing goes for that like between you know races white black hispanic asian native american middle eastern 
we can be different and have different upbringings, but we're all equal, you know? And I think that the way that you can acknowledge that and let people know that is by when you, when you see your, you know, your black friend or, or see that black person in your life that maybe it's even a complete stranger, somebody who's delivering your mail and like saying, you know, letting them know, acknowledging that, that black person saying like, hey, I want you to know that I see you and your life matters. Your life, your life matters to me. That's mm-hmm. a great way to start right now within the context of everything that's happening right now. Yeah, that's good. That's really mm-hmm. good. Thanks, Chase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right now there's a word that's being thrown around that's systematic racism. What does that mean? That's a great question. So um, first I want to like differentiate the word systematic from systemic. So systemic, um, cause they sound similar and they can kind of be confused for each other. Um, but they don't necessarily mean uh, the same thing. So s- systemic means something that is, can be attributed to a si- the system itself. So a system itself, uh, possessing qualities and attributes that are built into it uh that are whether good or bad right um so um did i say the wrong did i say the wrong one no you said you said the right one you said oh i did okay yeah yeah (laughs) i just want to i just want to help differentiate because i know even myself i i actually had to kind of google it the other day and like and say like is there like what really is like? Make, let me make sure that I I I use I differentiate here. You use so there's it the right systemic way. and then there's systematic. Right, there's okay. systemic, and you'll, you'll hear them both used because they are there is both systemic and there is both systematic oppression um, and, and racism. So systemic means that it's built into the system itself, which is true, and systematic means that it happens continuously. Something happens continuously in a continuous methodical almost like clockwork way that can be predicted. Um, and so they're related, but not the same thing. That makes sense. So systematic racism means that continuously, I mean, look at George Floyd, for example. Systematic means you look at George Floyd and you're acknowledging the fact that this isn't the first time that a George Floyd incident has happened. Uh, you understand that over and over and over. And this is something that black people, the black community, just like, as a woman, you would be more hyper aware if, you know, than I would be of like seeing women being raped on the news continuously with no kind of retribution or, or any kind of um, punishment. You would be more just by because of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you would be more hyper aware of that than I would be as a man. Not saying that I wouldn't realize it or be aware of it, but you'd be more hyper aware because you can more easily put yourself in that woman's shoe because you know exactly what it's like to be a woman, right? Similar to that, the black community and black people and people of color are hyper aware of this systematic oppression and systematic killing of, I mean, and I'm using the killings as just like one, one facet of this. It's, it's bigger than just like we're being killed. Um, it's, that's, just, that's just the most obvious and most shocking and most attention grabbing way. That's, the, that's what it took to get people's attention, but it's deeper than that. Um, systematic simply means that there's George Floyd, there's Trayvon Martin, there's Breonna Taylor, there's Ahmaud Arbery, there's Emmett Till, there's, I can go, the list, it goes on, and there's so much more that, than I know. Um, if you were to simply like Google like list of 
you know, unarmed black killings in America, you can see so many, and you realize like, wow, this is really a, and if you not only look at the, the crimes themselves against them, but also the repeated lack of proper punishment, it, it's, um, it makes you realize how much of a deep, deep systemic, or system, systemic, but also systematic thing that this is. Because the, the systematic nature of it means that there's constantly killings happening. Um, the systemic part is that our system is not punishing it. And the, the system allows it to happen uh, at a much higher rate and with much less acknowledgement and less, much less punishment than if it were to happen to any other group. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm still, okay, so there's systemic and that means it's yeah. like yeah. continuing on yeah. based on like just society, but systematic means yeah. it's like a, it's a system, like a set of rules almost that where it keeps, it's more right. like regimented. Yeah. So here, here's an, here's a great example to kind of think about it. So, uh, systemic is just like you take off the, the, the last two letters and it's system. So it literally means like the system itself is kind of messed up, right? Systematic. It's kind of like, think of it like as you're putting together two words, system and automatic. So mm -hmm. the system is set up in such a way that automatically things are consistently happening. You know, if I'm on autopilot and then that means like, um, automatically something is happening on a, like a methodical way. So, um, yeah, use like, think of it as like automatic, like systematic is like automatic. It's like automatically happening all the time. Is it kind of like the thing that you posted yesterday, that five minute story that was talking about how like long, long ago they had created red lines through different neighborhoods. And so systematically people, uh, um, black people in black neighborhoods weren't able to get the same loan for their house that white right. people were able to get in their house. Is that right? That's exactly, that's exactly right. So redlining is a, um, it is, so redlining is a, is a process. So for those listening there, redlining is basically after the civil war, um, neighborhoods of black people, um, um, banks and lenders, they basically took a map and they pointed out where black communities were and they drew red lines around that on a map so that they could intentionally know where to not invest. So they could intentionally invest everywhere but those places. So while on one hand you have communities that were non-black that had opportunities and the ability to, and the two main ways that families typically achieve greater success is either through, you know, you know, borrowing loans to like for businesses, for like endeavors, for opportunities, education. or by, or by education. Um, and those loans were deprived from the African-American community because of redlining and still to this day, I don't want people to think that they, that stopped still today that exists. That's something that hasn't stopped. Banks still take out a red pen, they draw on a map, maybe not literally, but they they take a, they basically take an area of a map where they know black people reside, and they specifically intentionally do not invest there, and they turn down loans based on where you live, um, and that is something that, you know, the first person who did that they started it, but then the continuous re repetition of that 
means that it's systematically happening, but it's also systemic because it's built into the actual system of the process of, of, lo of uh, loan distribution. Does Got that it. make sense? Yeah, I think that I think I had them flip flopped in my mind then. So then, yeah. systemic is more like based on an actual process, whereas systematically is a little bit more like undercover, yeah. kind of. So yeah, so the a great way to kind of think about it is like systemic is describing the actual system. Systematic is is describing the action. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I love that. That's good. So right now with everything that's happening on social media and the news and there's just there's so much going on and what i don't want is for this to be something that's like a one or two week like uproar on social because it's like the cool thing to yeah. do to be pissed off about it um but what and i don't think anyone should be like really rude which i have experienced and people who have been extremely rude on social media um right. and i have only had well intent intention with right. all this so i mean in general, being angry and mean towards individuals really isn't the answer to this. Like, that's not the answer to the problem. Right. Um, but how do we create a change that's lasting, that's going to outlast a week or two weeks or social media, something that like truly goes on forever? Right. So first, I want to address, I want to address not only the, the question of like, how do we make this last and sustainable? which you and I as coaches talk about all the time, just in a different way, sustainability. But I also want to address the fact that people are being rude. Uh, no matter what they look like, they're humans that are kind of being rude and lashing out right now because there's, it's a very high emotion and very high tension situation. That doesn't allow, that doesn't mean that that's okay, but it's kind of like the reason what being, because there's so much pain that's been associated with this area for so long that, you know, it's going to be messy. It's not going to, the healing isn't going to be pretty. It never is. It's not supposed to be. Um, so on one hand, uh, the way you make it sustainable is just like anything else. You commit to small, consistent actions that are impactful towards the end goal that we see. Right. And the end goal really is more, is more than anything. It's, it's awareing ourselves and becoming more knowledgeable about racism. Because that's, that's the real problem. The only reason that racism is actually able to still exist today is because not enough people know about it to even realize it's something that we have to fight. A great analogy that I heard recently is that racism isn't like some kind of, it's not like only like, you know, overt actions um, that people are like doing racist. It's not just the KKK. It's not neo-Nazis. It is something. So if you're picturing that you're in like a, in a boat, in a canoe, Racism, like the boat is our country and people before us, and it's not our fault, but they, they, there's a hole at the bottom of that boat and water's getting in. It just is what it is. Before you can, you know, seal that, I mean, you can, you can seal that hole, but before you can do that, you have to continuously, intentionally scoop out water to make sure that you stay afloat to make sure this country stays afloat, right? And it's a constant, continuous process that we do until one day, hopefully, we get to a place, um, which likely is not gonna happen in my lifetime or yours, unfortunately, but until we get to a place where truly every, the, the playing field is level in this area and everybody has, everybody's life is considered equal and treated equal, 
um, around the world. Like that's of course like world peace in that area is like the goal. But like right now it's like racism is something that in our country and then individually in ourselves, we each have our biases that contribute to racism. We each have our stereotypes that contribute to racism. Where I'm thinking like, oh, they're Hispanic. They must like, they must like tacos. Or like, oh, that person is black. He must play basketball or, oh or love, love, hip, love hip hop. Or like, oh, she's, uh, you know, all these different things. But like, and some like are seemingly harmless, but they are indicative of something that is much more deadly and fatal. Um, and so understanding the way that you can make this sustainable is like continue educating yourself on racism um, and continue looking within yourself and asking yourself those hard, hard questions and having those hard conversations with the people around you, honestly. Um, to address what you said about the anger, people getting angry, I made it, that's what I actually did my live about this morning when before we got the, on this Zoom call. There's a lot of anger and hostility towards um, white people from not even just from not it's not even really just like from black people that I'm seeing it from a lot but um so like other white people or other non-black people who are like you know there are well-intentioned well well-meaning white people who are trying to make an effort here in an area they didn't know existed before to the extent that it does and they're trying and then people are like what do you do like where were you at back then or like like wh why aren't you doing more like this isn't enough this isn't enough like, let me, let me choose an example of how stupid that sounds. It's like me telling somebody about the Bible and then them being like, okay, you know, this is something worth, you know, addressed, like looking into and like, I should be, I'm curious about this. Uh, how can I learn more? And they're trying to make efforts in that. And you're just like, you should have known about it like years ago. Like, you know, you should do better. Like, dude, like the person's trying, if they're genuinely trying, why would I not encourage them? Why would I not positively affirm them? Human beings operate by punishment and reward. If you're going to punish me for doing the right thing, why would I want to do the right thing? That's just how it works. So replace that anger and that bitterness with positive affirmation and empathy. I'm empathy and understanding like, okay, this person is doing what they can right now. I should encourage that because that's the goal. The goal isn't perfection. The goal is to be doing something now and to be consistently heading that direction. Um, so that's something I wanted to address. And I wanted to address also from the, for, for white people's perspective, understand that the reason that there's bitterness and that there's anger and frustration, which I'm not immune to myself. I have that. I just use it as fuel. And I, I turn that into action. I turn that ang anger into action of like, okay, this angers me so much. And I'm so, I'm so bitter about that, that. I, I need to change the situation. So I'm going to turn this into action that will change the situation. Um, but a lot of people, there's, when you have literally hundreds of years of oppression and abuse and suffering, it's not going to come out necessarily pretty all the time. Not everybody's going to have the emotional intelligence and the awareness that I have um, or that you have to understand that like, you know, I can't spill my own, like, I can't spill the poison of bitterness and anger onto somebody who's trying to do better, right? So understand that it's, it's coming from a place of, of hurt. It's coming from a place of suffering. It's coming from a place of, of, of fear 
wondering if I'm going to be next. It's coming from a place of protecting my little brother, my little sister, who as of right now, we live in a world that it could be them on the news next. And that wouldn't be like, that's a scary thing. So to live with, to know that like I could, I could wake up tomorrow and look on the news and it could be my little brother's face on the news that he's been shot or gunned down by police officers or by some kind of racist asshole in the South. And it's a scary situation that we live in a world, just to get my perspective, it's a scary situation that we live in a world that that would, while at the same time be horrific for me, it wouldn't be surprising. Like that's a scary thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a scary thing to live to, to live in that kind of world. So it's coming from all those emotions, all those emotions. And as any anybody like will tell you, like anytime you're very emotional, you've been holding something in, especially if you're trying to be, be if you've been trying to be heard for a long time. When you finally are heard, those emotions don't go away. They're still there, you know. Um, yeah. They're still there, and the person while grateful that you're finally hearing them, they're not necessarily going to just remove their emotions. So I would urge people who are not black, who are experiencing and catching that flack, please understand where they're coming from and don't make it about you. Don't make it about like, like, you know, like I'm trying, can't you see that I'm trying? Like, of course you're trying. Like, you know that you're trying, so you keep doing what you're doing, but don't, don't try to make them take care of your feelings when they are feeling so much pain. So understand where they're coming from and then just, you know, either choosing your mind. Okay. Like that's where they're coming from. Like, I'm just going to like, you know, I'll, I'll understand where they're coming from. And if you're there, someone close to you, then have that conversation with them and say like, I'm like, I'm sorry. How, like, how can I do better? If there's some stranger and some, some loser who's just, show, who's just trying to hate on you, then like, ignore them don't worry about it so yeah yeah you said a lot of really good gold nuggets in there um i i love everything you're saying about just there's a lot of emotional charge right now yes, based on sure. everything that's finally surfacing and it's like hundreds of years in yes. the making and um something you said about how this is going to take a long time and we might not even see all of the change we hope and pray for in our lifetime right. and it just reminds me that this is this is a marathon you know right it's not a sprint and anyone yeah. who's listening right now i really encourage you to to see this as a, a marathon a slow and steady yeah. wins the race keep pushing forward keep pushing forward and i don't think the right answer for that is getting mean to you know to random like random people there's just no need right. for that like let's all support Never each other and yeah, it's just, never, a, it's a great time to support and encourage each other right. to, to, um, to take action and to take continual right. action. So this isn't and just some short, sweet little thing. To, to, to be more clear, because I don't want to make this some general thing of just like consistently do better. Um, with some simple, simple, easy ways you can do better, you know, follow, you know, follow a, like, there's a color of change on Instagram, follow groups like that, that are you know, actively working on this and can help guide you in what you should do next to be an ally. Mm -hmm. um, follow people like me who are leaders in this area, who are, um, who are um, kind of educating people about this and pointing them in the right direction. Um, another simple action you can take, 
um, you know, acquire resources on how to be anti-racist. There's a book called How to Be Anti-Racist. That's a great place to start. You can read that book. Um, you can watch documentaries. I watched one two nights ago called 13th on Netflix. It's an amazing documentary that highlights and uh, reveals systemic racism and how as it pertains to the prison system. So maybe my continual action looks like, okay, today I'm going to start reading this book. And by the end of this week, maybe that's my goal to finish this book. Uh, tomorrow, my goal is going to be to have a difficult conversation with one person, one person, have an uncomfortable conversation with one person about racism. You might have more, but like, maybe your goal is like, okay, I'm going to have a conversation with one person. Maybe it's your goal to like once, uh, like once a day, have an uncomfortable conversation. Like you can choose it your own way, but like, what does that mean? Like, what is a, what is, I'm going to interrupt you. What is an uncomfortable conversation? So, that's, I'm so glad you asked. So an uncomfortable conversation looks like, for example, um, somebody who I've actually posted on my Instagram yesterday, they sent me a DM letting me like, hey, Chase, um, I'm a new follower. I just want to let you know that I, I support you and I stand with you. I'm so sorry that all these things are happening in the community. Um, I feel a lot of kind of, I, I feel so sorry because like, I want like, I, I feel kind of uh, ashamed, ashamed to an extent because I've, I'm a, I'm a Trump supporter and I'm a Republican, but I also have sympathy and I, and I, and I, I care so deeply and I, and I, and I truly do stand with you. And then after that, she said, Hey, Chase, I did it. I had the conversation. My, I was in that, my home, um, you know, oh, and I, I was washing dishes and I overheard behind me, my father and my father-in-law having a conversation of the riots and saying like, Oh, how could they, did you hear like they, 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 can you believe that they, they burned down that cop car or, or, or they, they broke that window in that building. They were talking about the riots and I spoke up, I turned around and I spoke up and said, don't you understand that that's the bigger, that's the big picture here that those buildings and those cars are being valued more than black lives. Try, try saying, try flipping in and saying, um, isn't it a bad thing that those burnings are being built down? Uh, um, but the killing of innocent black men has to stop. And she, she wrote in her DM and her message that like both of those men, those, those, her father-in-law and her dad, they, they were silent. Mm. And then she started saying, she said like, then they started actually conversing with each other and started talking about how, you know, they had witnessed racism in, in their own lives and, um, and how, the, uh, I think the father said, like, talked about one time how he was stopped by the police and the cop was just being an asshole to him and uh, and wouldn't let him get a word in. And uh, while the cop was back in his cop car, the dad, who was like a tall guy, he's like 6'4", and he has bad knees, he like opened the door of the car to like kind of stand up and stretch his legs. And like the police officer was like 10, 10, 13, or like whatever the call is, the radio call is. And before he knew it, he was like surrounded by like a bunch of other cops. And then one of the cops that came to, you know, surround that dad happened to be one that, that he knew. And he was like, he, the, like the dad was furious. He was like, what's going on? Like he, he wanted his day in court. He was like, this cop was being an asshole. How dare like that? Blah, blah. And as the dad was telling that story, the daughter who was DMing me this, all this, she mm -hmm. said, do you realize that if you were a black man, you would have been dead in that situation. 
Like there would be no 1013 call. You get out of the cars to stretch your legs and instantly you're perceived as a threat and you're gunned down. Mm-hmm. And the dad was silent. And then the, uh, their mo- her, her mother was also in the room and she turned to her mother and said, and both her mother and mother-in-law and said, do you understand like how much fear a mother, you as a mother would have knowing that your son could be stopped by the police and just because of something simple like that, they could, they could lose their life. Every time you step outside, you risk losing your life. And her, mother's were, her mother and mother-in-law were like, just brought, brought to tears and started crying. And so those are the uncomfortable conversations that, are, that need to happen because change can only truly happen in America if it happens on a human level in our hearts. And that can't happen if we stay quiet right? It's not until I listen to my gay friends suffering and their pain that they've gone through and the abuse that they've gone through for being gay that I can actually empathize with them and that I can actually bridge the gap and learn how to be a better ally to them. Similarly, it's not until we have those conversations with each other, black and white, but more importantly in this situation, um, or of equal importance, but people are more scared to do it, the conversations within our own family. We all, we all have that one person, I don't care if you're black or white, whatever, we all have that one person we know that is stuck in the past in some ways, or that, that is gonna be resistant to that conversation. And that's the person who like, even when I bring up the word uncomfortable conversations, you're, they instantly come to your mind. Like you already have in your mind like that person that's the person that you probably need to talk to the most. Um, Not the only person you need to talk to, just the person that eventually you can build your way up to that. But in the meantime, keep having those conversations with your friends. Make it something that's normal. Make it something that is as normal to talk about as the latest gossip, the latest kind of like, you know, (laughs) pop culture thing, because this is a part of our culture. And much more lives are at stake by, from this than there are from, you know, who broke up with who on the latest episode of whatever, you know? Right. Right. So. Yeah. That's so good. So many good nuggets in there. And, you know, another thing you had said earlier that I really do, I'm glad you brought up, you know, you said something about like a Mexican liking a taco or whatever. And I think it's really important during this time to realize that I'm sure there's a lot of people of color that aren't black that are probably very much impacted by their color of their skin that are like maybe feeling, I don't know, this is like just, I could be totally wrong, but I, I feel like if I was like Indian or if I was Mexican or if I was Middle Eastern and all these conversations are happening of like black lives matter, but I'd be like, but what about me? Like I still am going through very similar type things but yet no one's like noticing me. And so I just want to take a moment on this podcast um, to mention that every single life matters and every color and, um, and those people, we see you too and your life matters too. Absolutely. A great analogy is that, um, that people probably heard is like, if I'm in a neighborhood and my house is burning down um, or or my neighbor's house is burning down, and, I, and I'm going over, like, and I'm getting buckets, like, help put out the fire. 
And then my other neighbor to my right says, where are you going? Like, oh, like, hey, their house is on fire. I'm about to go help out. Um, and then your neighbor says, like, well, what about my house? I would say, like, what, like, what about your house? They'd be like, well, my house is important, too. Is your house on fire? I mean, no, but it matters. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, cool. But, like, this person's house is on fire, so I'm, I'm going to go help them. And then, like, that per- other neighbor just, like, rolls her eyes and, like, you know, it's kind of like that same thing. That same thing is happening when you say all lives matter, because of course all lives matter, but all lives don't matter until literally all lives matter. And currently, black lives are not ha- have not been treated as matter as like as if they matter. Mm-hmm. I'd be if Native Americans, um, if they were being killed senselessly without any kind of, you know, in the, in the same way that 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 black people are right now i'll be saying native american lives matter mm-hmm. if it happened to hispanics i'll be saying hispanic lives matter if it happened to asians i'll be saying asian lives matter if it happened mm-hmm. to white people i'll be saying white white lives matter but yeah. the fact of the matter is is that the black community is the only group right now I'm not saying that they're only one who there are deaths in the community people die every day but they're the only group that this disease of of a of a subtle and discreet genocide because they're it, it, it the systemic the systemic nature of this ma- makes it so that it's not like a blatant like you know hey i got ak-47 and i'm gunning everybody down I have, it's not like like that but it's in a very subtle way that cops they're not saying like they're not saying like oh this you know this n-word and like let's kill them let's lynch him they're saying oh this criminal criminal is the new is the new black so people aren't saying like I'm killing them because they're black. They're saying I'm killing them because I thought they were criminal. Think when you think about that, and and you if you start to look at the news, you'll notice that they they attribute the the word criminal to black, and and they're seen as guilty bef- before being proven innocent, mm-hmm. rather than innocent before proven guilty. So that's what we're fighting right now. Yeah, that's what we're fighting. We're fighting for the right to live just like everyone else. We're fighting for the right to be able to walk the streets without fear of being killed in somebody justifying the killing, mm-hmm. just like everyone else. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. And I appreciate your perspective on that. That makes complete sense. The house, the house yes. scenario. And um, yeah, right now it's, it is it's like your guys's house is on fire and that's Definitely. that's why we're here and that's why i'm here so we're on this podcast right now you know yeah. to help spread that the just the conversation itself is so powerful so it is it thank is you, the fact that we're talking about it is powerful and one thing i want to say address about like the all lives matter thing when people say all lives matter really that means so you can as a coach we've learned that like when somebody says something you can tell where the gap in their understanding is when somebody says all lives matter, the gap in their understanding is clearly they aren't aware of the extent at which George Floyd is not an isolated incident, but it's happened on a very repeated, almost, almost, um, you know, it's almost consistent enough to be like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you can expect it to kind of occur on a, on a, a very recurring basis, kind of like, you know, every month your rent is due. It's like mm. the black community can expect 
like with such like recurring frequency that George Floyd will happen again and again and again and again and again. And, again. and so when someone says all lives matters, they see George Floyd as an isolated incident when in reality, he is just the latest and he unfortunately he won't be the last in a very 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 long list of other george floyds other um rodney rodney kings other emmett tills ahmaud arbery's and i suggest i highly suggest that you know don't feel like you have to like look up the entire list of all of them but like look up just like maybe five or ten other situations brianna taylor ahmaud arbery like look up look those up and then see the nature in which they were happening. And I'm not saying other people of other races haven't died, but look at the nature of how these are happening and the consistent pattern of justice not meeting, matching the crime. And you'll realize that, that that'll help those people understand a little bit better. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I said something on my Instagram just yesterday about, like, give, honestly giving a shout out to other races just because I have had a lot of friends who have gone through racist, you know, just, I guess, experiencing racism, even as a Mexican or as a um, Middle Eastern person. Uh, but you're right, like, I, I totally see where you're coming from of like, they are experiencing racism, but they're not being shot and killed necessarily right. in the same way, in the same systematic way that black people are. And so I can see where you're coming from of it's insensitive to say that, like right. trying to give a shout out maybe to right. other races who have experienced hate for their color. Um, right. But I'm, I am sure that there are other races that, you know, they do experience hate for their color, but it's just, it's right. not necessarily right. about them right now. Right. And one thing I want to also address is that, um, there's, that's why education is key because some reason people, somebody, something that a person might think is like, oh, well, why is this happening more to black people than anybody else? That's the question to ask. And when you dig, it doesn't, you don't have to dig far. All you have to do is like watch that documentary 13th that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And you see a clear example, a crystal clear example of how it's actually in America's, as the system as it is right now, it's actually designed this way because it, it's profitable to keep a large population in the prison system. And that cannot happen unless there's a marginalized group that America is oppressing, killing, and putting in prisons. So it's actually profitable. I, I think people need to understand too that this isn't happening by like accident. Like, oh, this is just, it's happening because, it's happening intentionally because America, as it operates right now, profits from this view of Black people. It profits mm -hmm. from the murder, from the hunting, from the imprisonment of Black communities. Um, and that's some. It's 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 a very eye opening. I, I highly suggest people watch Thirteenth. It's not that's not that long, but it's on Netflix, and it's um it's very eye opening. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. That sounds awesome. And I'll link that for anyone watching yes. this right now. I'll link that below as, um, as well as the other resources that you, that you had mentioned. So, yes. yeah. Chase, thank you. I'm a resource too. If anybody yeah, has Chase is a resource. Yeah. Please. Chase, Please your Instagram's at Chase Tucker, right? That's right. That's right. All right. T-U-C-K-E-R. 
go give him a follow and reach out to him and, you know, watch all the stuff that he's posting. Cause I've been, that's what I've been doing. And I'm, I'm yes. learning so much already, honestly, yes. even just since this started. So yeah, Chase, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing Absolutely. your knowledge and you guys, I'm going to link all those things below that he had mentioned just a few minutes ago. Um, and I really do encourage you, like Chase said, like take a small action. If it's just right. like working out or it's just like anything else, it's like you, you got to keep that consistency instead of just right. having this be a, a short term, right. you know, thing in your mind. It's got, it's got to stay there. And, and that's exactly. the, real, the real goal of what we're doing here. And as you take those actions, it's important to not do them because like, oh, this seems like the right thing to do. Make sure that you are taking cues from someone within the black community, someone who is specifically a, a black, you know, influencer leader in this area. Um, because otherwise your efforts and that consistent effort, um, it's kind of like having a trainer, right? I can, I can think that I'm doing the right thing and I can feel like I'm doing the right thing, but unless I consult with my trainer, it's, I could be, going totally off course and actually be doing the opposite thing to help without even realizing it same thing here make sure that like you're connected and plugged in and tune into somebody who is helping guide you in this area um yeah and that's again like people can feel free to use me as a resource dm me message me kind of like i'm happy to help i love it thank you chase you rock yes. i appreciate thank you so you. much have an awesome rest of your day thank you you too Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. <laughs>